is my design. Killing must for good to God, too. He does it all the time. Then what kind of crazy is he? Welcome back to Second Course, a Hannibal podcast. I am Jamie Parrish, your host, and I am here with our special guest host this time. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience again, Austin. Hey guys, I'm uh, Austin McDonald, here again. <laughs> Very nice to be here. For those of you who don't know or don't remember or haven't heard it yet, I interviewed Austin about a month, maybe two months ago. Uh, he was a guest star on the fourth episode of Hannibal that was pulled in the United States. Uh, he played C.J. Lincoln, and he's agreed to come back and talk with us about Red Dragon this time around. Beyond that... Go out and find us on the web at secondcoursepodcast.com. There's a bunch of ways to interact with us. Uh, We have a bunch of new social media that we mentioned in the last podcast, some of those being our Tumblr page and our Pinterest page um, and our Google Plus page. Uh, But we always, as always, um, there's Facebook and Twitter as well. But I've asked Austin here to talk to us about Red Dragon, and I've kind of rambled on for a little while. So I want to go ahead and get into that discussion. So, Austin, you had said to me before we started recording, this was, what, your second time seeing the movie? Uh, This is the first time seeing it and being self-aware, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, I I don't know if I've seen it before, but it looked really familiar. But, yeah, I'd say this is the first time seeing it. First time seeing it. It was my first time as well. Uh, I just want to kind of go ahead and enter the movie a little bit. It was was made in 2002. Uh, It was directed by Brett Radner, and a gentleman named Ted Talley was the screenwriter. But Austin and I had talked about the star-studded cast that this this movie had. It had you know Ed Norton as Will Graham, Harvey Keitel as Jack Crawford, uh, Ralph Fiennes as Francis Dollarhide, uh, Mary Louise Parker as Molly Graham. So there's there's a lot of stars in this movie. And so what what are your initial reactions, uh, Austin, to to this movie? Well, I think just initially uh, seeing the opening with um, Anthony Hopkins and uh, Edward Norton, as soon as I saw both of those guys on screen, I knew I was in for uh, a treat. And throughout watching the movie, it was pretty good. You know, I, I didn't go in with high expectations nor low expectations, so I was I was pretty well pleased, you know. What about uh, you? I I actually really enjoyed this movie uh, more than probably the other Hannibal Lecter movies I've watched. Uh, I, you know, recently we've, we've been going back on second course and watching all the old movies. Mm-hmm. And this one, actually, I enjoyed more than the other ones. I Maybe it was the quality of the acting. Uh, it could be the fact that, you know, this one kept very, very close to the story of the book. There were a couple scenes in it that weren't originally in the book. Like that scene in the beginning with Anthony Hopkins and Ed Norton, and they're talking about profiling a, a killer, which is obviously Anthony Hopkins, Hannibal Lecter. That doesn't happen in the book, and there's a couple other things that don't happen in the book, but I, I was fine with that because for, for the most part, this movie kept in line with the book. Those little extra added bits, I think, added to the story and i think they added yeah, i think they only serve to improve you know the film experience as a whole i would um, i would agree with you yeah yeah um i one of my favorite parts of this was uh, the storyline was really 
like it, it kept me hooked in, especially the character development of Mr. D, uh, Francis um, Dollarhide. Dollarhide. Yes, I love the character development there. It was fantastic. What really caught me was uh, a part near the end. What happened, but I won't spoil it. So. What I found very interesting, the fact that you mentioned that there's that character development of Francis Dollarhide. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but they made the Red Dragon book into a movie back in the 80s. Are you, are you familiar with the movie Manhunter? No, I'm not. Uh, Michael Mann made the Thomas Harris book Red Dragon into a movie back in the mid-80s, and he called it Manhunter. And all that stuff we got to see about Francis Dollarhide in this movie, Red Dragon, was left out of the Manhunter movie. There was very, I think, uh, total screen time of the Francis Dollarhide character would probably have been about 25 minutes of a two-hour movie. Really? And, yeah. Yeah, wow. so I I really kind of felt that that was a weakness of Michael Mann's Manhunter as opposed to Brett Radner's Red Dragon. I really, I enjoyed that kind of gothic approach to the character, which was yeah. lacking in Manhunter. What was your your favorite part of the movie? My favorite part of the movie, I I don't want to say it was, but honestly, near the end, can I spoil it? Or hey, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I, I guess it came out in two thousand two. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part is near the end. What happens is uh, Will Graham is confronted by Mister Dollarhide in his own home, and Dollarhide has Will Graham's son at knife point, and what Will Graham does is. Just recently, he got a book from Mr. Dollarhide's house, I believe, and it basically it, it basically told of Dollarhide's childhood and how he was abused and all that kind of stuff. And Will Graham utilizes that info and starts just nailing his kid with like verbal abuse, and it just it totally trips out Dollarhide for a moment, just enough time to get the kid to safety. It's it's crazy. It was just it was really well written that whole scene, and I, yeah, I just I really like that. It was all obviously sourced from the book, but still, it was really cool. I, I like that too, and that's actually something that doesn't happen in the book. But I really like when when screenwriters take license and add things like that in because I think it added a different layer to Will Graham's character that we you know we don't see. We we kind of get the impression that Will Graham is this broken individual he retired after being attacked by hannibal didn't go back to the fbi and even in mr fuller's you know hannibal series will graham is like almost crazy on the edge of sanity kind of character and there's this moment where you know, will graham's coming off as a tough guy <laughs> i really like mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. yeah and it really takes you by surprise almost i would have to say my favorite scene was at the beginning when um will graham shows up and he says, you know, I'm sorry to show up at your house so late, Dr. Lecter, but I can't sleep. And he's talking to him about the killer that he's been looking for. They're having this conversation back and forth as if they have been people that work together profiling criminals. And that's not something that exists in the books. But it is something that I think – I think Ryan Fuller kind of borrowed from that for the series to make that the basis so. of the series. I think so. So yeah. I, I really like that scene. It just – Seeing those two act together and against each other, um, it was really, really good. I, I kind of liked that kind of little introduction of, like, how else would Will Graham know Hannibal Lecter? You know, uh, in the books, they just explained that he kind of stopped by to check on a patient that uh, Lecter had um, helped back in the days when he was a medical doctor. And they really took 
the chance to expand upon that. And like I said earlier, that that scene is what really caught me in. It was just the whole atmosphere and the just the chemistry between those two is fantastic. Yeah, and I would say I enjoyed Anthony Hopkins' performance in this mm-hmm. more than in Silence of the Lambs. You think so? Yeah, he won an he won an Oscar for the Silence of the Lambs, but I, I liked him in this so much better for some reason. I feel like he was he was more subtle almost. Yeah, uh, there was some, there was an overtness about the way he played Lecter in Silence of the Lambs as opposed to this. He is kind of he's much meaner and much nastier than he is in uh, Silence of the Lambs. So I kind of like that. He's more subtle, but mean and nasty at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, do you remember the uh, one scene where there he's in the physical activity sort of gym area, and he he lunges at Will, and it just is, is really nice. Oh, I I love that scene. That's actually not in the book, but I love the fact that they added that in because it does reinforce the fact that this is someone that Will Graham is afraid of. Mm-hmm. And oh, it, he talks about the fear. Right? He talks about it on multiple occasions with him, and he really gets inside his head. But I also do like the fact that they they establish that relationship at the beginning because then the way they're talking with with each other when he goes to visit him at the cell makes a lot of sense. They seem like old friends that know each other but had a falling out, an unfortunate falling out. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything about this movie that you didn't quite enjoy or wish they would have done better? I'm trying to think about that right now, and I, I, nothing really comes to mind. One thing I'd like to, pi- <laughs> to uh, point out, excuse me, but uh, another thing I actually liked was there, there's, a, there's a certain scene where Anthony Hopkins or uh, Hannibal, he uh, points out to Will how they're alike, and that, that really struck with me as well. I, I, I don't know. There was just so many little parts of this movie that really stuck with me. And I, I can't honestly say I found anything to complain about. Right. Uh, that that scene you're talking about, uh, Hannibal's referring to their imagination. Um, and I really felt like this movie drove home the fact that Will Graham has this ability to kind of envision himself in the mind of the killer and get in touch with the killer that way. That is something that lacked in Manhunter. Uh, they kind of really didn't explain that very much in Manhunter. And I really like that they brought that out here. And then Hannibal's character, he, he kind of has like this, they de- they describe one of the books that he has this uh, mental palace that he goes into where he kind of like can imagine things and like that's how he remembers things and that's how he knows so much because he like has this palace that he builds in his head with different rooms that contain different information. So that's, that was a really powerful like saying, you know, we're we're so alike. But then... My favorite part of him coming back and saying, no, we're not, because you're insane. I really thought that was great. Yeah. yeah. And he yeah. found to, uh, to complain. Well, not complain, but uh, you thought could have been better in this film? I really, I like, like, like you said, I didn't find a whole lot that I thought was bad with this movie or inappropriate or, or they did poorly. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked pretty much the whole thing i really enjoyed watching it from start to finish the kid did kind of drag there in the middle a bit for me um and i don't know why that 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 pacing happened or what it was but 
I still okay. I see what you're saying. It was a little, little teensy bit long in the middle. But right. That's the only thing. But otherwise, it was. I mean, I had tons of fun watching it. Um, oh. And, and knowing the book just really helped me enjoy it more because, oh man, I walked away from Manhunter like wanting to pull my hair out. Yeah. <laughs> now, now that you've watched this one, I, I, I should tell you, you should go back and see if you can get a copy of Manhunter. I'm sure you can probably stream it from any, any multiple online sources, but go back and watch Manhunter and then take notes and just, you will notice that you'll, you'll, you'll figure out which one is the superior movie. Yeah between the two now there's i'm probably going to get a lot of flack from many of the second course listeners because in the fandom and with many fans of hannibal lecter and all things lecter the michael mann manhunter movie is considered like this holy grail of movies oh really (laughs) yeah but i i watching it felt it was a little dated you could tell it was a mid-80s movie you yeah. could you could tell um you know the music was dated it was very i don't know it just it just didn't feel like a not exactly timeless eh no it didn't whereas watching red dragon you get this sense that this movie could have been made last year or 20 years ago oh yeah one thing that surprised me i mean this doesn't have to do with when it was made but the fact that this whole storyline and the whole message of the movie I, I didn't realize till like at least a quarter into the movie that this was based in like the early 90s or late 80s. It, the only reason I figured out was because the clothing of Will Graham's wife and like the cars sort of struck me as odd. But like the whole, I don't know, it just, it, it seems like this could take place at any time. And it, it, was, it was really, really well done again. <laughs> and and I, to, the, to Brett Ratner's credit is they didn't, bring in a whole lot to do with technology that you didn't see people using cell phones exactly exactly you didn't see them using computers you know they mentioned computers but you don't see any of that stuff whereas in the manhunter movie like there's all that stuff all throughout it like they have this data fax machine that just you know it's so unbelievably 80s now Um, correct me if i'm wrong but the tv series the brian brian fuller's tv series is that a totally I guess, alternate universe, or would that be a prequel to this movie? Now, that's up for debate. Because if you look at, in terms of, like, period, the TV series is much more modernized, right? I mean, it's placed in at least, like, 2012 or whatever, but... Yeah, yeah, it definitely takes place nowadays. But is it based on the earlier books? (sighs) There's a lot from the, the TV show that ends up in the book. There's a lot of, like, lines that are pulled straight from the books that are in the movie or the TV show. Brian Fuller has has said that, you know, this would be this would be, you know, before obviously the events of Red Dragon and before Silence of the Lambs, but almost also on an alternate timeline because they they're bringing in some of the other killings and murders that take place and then making them happen before Red Dragon takes place, before Silence mm-hmm. of the Lambs takes place. So it could be an alternate universe. We we don't know yet. I yeah. do know I do know that Brian Fuller wants to make Red Dragon season four or five of the series. I think this was a strong movie. I do too. I do too. Um It actually I, makes me want to go see like the rest of the films in succession now. And now I want to see Manhunter so I can uh, <laughs> see for myself. You know. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Um, yeah, and I would say this is the one that I've watched recently that I would not mind going back and rewatching. As a uh, novice to the series, um, I, I think anyone who wants to get into this series at all, I, I think they should start with this film personally because it was just it's very 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 friendly to new newbies, but it's also a very strong film on its own. It, it is a very good standalone movie, but. I do like that bit at the end where they come to Hannibal in a cell. Friends, and it, yeah. You know, so it kind of leads in. So I would say if you want to watch them, fans, if you haven't seen them, watch Red Dragon, then watch Silence of the Lambs. Skip Manhunter altogether. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you're going to rile up some fans. <laughs> probably am. Probably am. Besides talking to me about Red Dragon, Austin, what 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 have you been up to? We know that you were on Hannibal. We know that you were C.J. Lincoln. What have you been up to? In terms of acting, I've uh, been doing a lot of auditioning. You know, just keeping it steady, keeping my foot in the door. Been actually working on um, uh, on fallback careers as well. So that's always nice. <laughs> uh, I've been working in a garage lately, so that's really fun. Oh, that's but, cool. Uh, Getting yeah, your hand, yeah. getting your hands dirty. Yeah, I can all greasy and oily. <laughs> that sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in terms of acting, uh, doing a lot of auditions, doing some workshops and whatnot, and keeping keeping steady. I got that YouTube show plugged in, so uh, I'll, I'll get my plug right there. Uh, check it out on um, YouTube. It's just plugged in. Uh, P L U G D I N T V. That's our channel for YouTube. It's it's basically just music and entertainment news and interviews with uh, indie bands and stuff like that. So that should be, yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to put it out there right now. And if anyone from the production crew is listening, because I know some of them do because I talk to them on Twitter, you guys need to bring back this this actor here, Austin. <laughs> You need, CJ Lincoln needs to be brought back to Hannibal. You know, I, I'll, I'll be honest, man. My uh, favorite role so far was probably CJ Lincoln. I think we talked about that in the last uh, in the last re- uh, time we met. Yeah, so. I think so. But I I think you need to come back. You know, you were what you were supposed to be a seventeen year old kid on the show, and you were brainwashed by this woman, and you killed your family. You had all their boys kill their families. There's some mental damage that you're dealing with as a character that I think Hannibal Lecter could help you figure out. Yeah, that'd be crazy, right? <laughs> oh, my God. It just gets me excited thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely yeah, think that, that should happen. For sure, for sure. <laughs> uh. But uh, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. This is going to be a little shorter of a podcast this time. For sure. Time flies, though. Wow. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but I want to thank Austin. I want to thank you for coming back and talking about Red Dragon with me. It's probably easily my favorite of all the Hannibal Lecter films, so thank you for being on here for this one. Dude, seriously, the pleasure was all mine. I, I, I just enjoy talking about movies like this in general, and I'm glad you had me on the show. Yeah, and sure. open invitation whenever you want to come back. So Thanks. Thanks, man. Uh, listeners. Go out and find us on the web, uh, secondcoursepodcast.com. Uh, interact with us throughout all the social media uh, that we have listed there on our website. You can now hear us on Stitcher Radio. We are an affiliate of Stitcher Radio, so you can listen to us, download us, or stream us through Stitcher Radio. 
Uh, send me an email if you have any questions. Jamie Parrish at secondcoursepodcast.com. And always leave a voice message for us. You can do that by clicking the send a voice message on the side of our webpage. And your voice message question this week is going to be, what do you think of Brian Fuller bringing back Austin McDonald as C.J. Lincoln in season two? You're making me blush. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for listening again. And we'll be back next week, ladies and gentlemen with the Second Course Podcast.